Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg ad-free and right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. This episode of Travel Today with Peter Greenberg is brought to you by audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. It's time for Peter Greenberg Worldwide with America's number one travel news journalist. And now, the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year, your travel detective, Peter Greenberg. Hi everybody, Peter Greenberg here and welcome to the podcast that's done from a different location around the world every single week. One day Canada, the next day Thailand, then New York, London, you just never know. This week we come to you from Mazatlan in the state of Sinaloa in Mexico. I've talked about uh, and have gone on on CBS and and spoken about the State Department advisories, uh, about the new level that they're doing an advisory to all 196 countries that's no longer selectively applied. But then my argument is that it is selectively implied applied because there are four different levels. Travel with normal caution. I have no idea what that means, by the way. there's none. Travel with increased caution. I'm still confused. Then comes the third category, at which point people are digging a hole, you know, to to reconsider travel travel and that fourth category which people think is a rule a regulation or a law that says do not travel and then they don't come it's not a rule it's not a regulation and it's not a law now here we are we are sitting here in Mazatlan in the state of Sinaloa I don't feel unsafe I don't feel in any danger and yet Sinaloa is part of that category four application from the State Department that tells people do not travel putting Mazatlan in essence in the same category as Syria or Yemen or Afghanistan I'm assuming you have a problem with that. Well, well, first of all, in the case of Sina, first of all, you're right. They have these these four categories. Yeah. The uh, State Department of, U- of the U.S. What they argue is that this is a legal obligation on their behalf. And from the Mexican point of view, well, first of all, uh, what we we take it seriously. Why? Because 60 percent of the foreigners that come into Mexico come from the USA. So we have to, I mean, we have to recognize that that is an issue. And your numbers have been strong for a long time. And the numbers have been amazing. At least for the last five years, we have been growing at a close to 11, 12% annual growth rate. That, That in itself is staggering. That is, that is, is. amazing. Is. I think we are the country that has that has grown the most of the ten most important uh, tourism countries. We're the country that has grown the most for the last five or six years, and uh, and that is why we have been advancing from the, the from the fifteenth most visited country in the world to number eight in the, two, in the year 2016, and probably we move two more places than the year 2017. Now don't move too fast, because then they'll be victim of over tourism. Be hey, careful. Well, we, we're still far away from that, but you're right. We yeah. have to work on that. So yes, we're concerned. But what we, I also want to stress is in these last uh, warnings from the State Department, basically, basically, 
all the tourist destinations were no subject to any alert. Specifically in the case of Mazatlan, they made an exception. They say, well, you know, Sinaloa has some issues, right. but Mazatlan as a tourism area It's one thing to make an exception. an exception. It's another thing for the optics and the perception of travelers. They don't necessarily make that distinction. Well, I, well, I also, what I usually say when I go to the States is that we have to make a difference among the criminal rates or indis- indexes that appear from a state or a country. For example, you can talk about the crime rate in Chicago or the crime rate in Washington. Well, if we applied the State Department metrics to the city of Chicago, I'm not going to Illinois. Well, that will be, that will be the natural conclusion. Nonetheless, as tourists, we know that we will not be visiting the areas where many of those crimes are taking place. The same is in Mexico. You can get, get some numbers of what is happening in a state, but you as a tourist will not be visiting those areas, and so you are not at risk. I mean, I don't know how many Americans are not visiting Nuevo Laredo. I mean, that's really not what we're talking about here. You know, when you talk about Puerto Vallarta, Acapulco, Mazatlan... I don't feel unsafe or, or in any sort of danger in any of those places. And you're totally right. I mean, we think that in, in, in Mexico, in general, is a safe country, and we're doing all we can in our hands to, to really guarantee not only safety, but you really to have a great experience and to come back. Mazatlan, by, by the way, is one of the destinations, the most typical traditional places in Mexico. And because of the Tianguis, because of the Tianguis, it is also a great opportunity for them to renew their infrastructure. So you have been traveling around this city. Oh, no, because of Tianguis, I mean, Mazatlan got its act together. It is, it yeah. is. And it's amazing because it's, an, it's a very nice place. And, and by the way, for my audience, Tianguis is probably the largest convention or conference of travel Ever in Mexico. Correct, correct. Right. And we have it, we have it once a year. We, we have it one year in Acapulco, one year somewhere else. And this year it was Mazatlan. And again, the case is Mazatlan is a very Mexican destination with a colonial area, no, which is also renewed. Which they've done a restoration. No, a restoration, amazing restoration. And you have also amazing food, and it's an amazing place to visit. Well, let's go back to something that happened even more recently, and that was the State Department automatic warning about Playa del Carmen. Uh, yes, you had an explosion on a boat there. Uh, yes, the government authorities actually found another bomb and, and defused it, right? And the next thing you know, the State Department is telling all essential personnel, don't go. Well, it's amazing because I, a- I... And they lifted it, didn't they? And they lifted. First, we again, we worked it. We take it seriously. We work with them. We give them information. But I also have the impression that in Mexico, a different standard is applied to us. Because you see, for example, I read the news of the states every year, every day. Well, and can f- I go back to something which I think you'll appreciate. In the old days, before they had 196 travel advisories and they only applied them selectively, in all those years when the Middle East was blowing up, Northern Ireland never had a State Department travel advisory and they were getting blown up every day. So I would call that a selective application. I think there's a little bit of that. And also, again, I think that the, the, the standards that apply to Mexico are higher, which is fine, which is fine. But we see so many news of things... Let's stop. You said it's fine. Is it really fine? It's not not fine. It's not fine. Because what happened is that they apply a different... They send a signal that traveling to Mexico is dangerous. But if we apply the same criteria, again, to traveling to Las Vegas, to traveling to San Antonio, to traveling to Miami, to traveling to Washington, Americans wouldn't be uh, traveling through the U.S. And we know that it's not the case. I remember when uh, President Calderon was in office, uh, the Texas Department of Public Safety issued an alert... I've never heard one from a Texas Department of Public Safety. I didn't even know they had safety in Texas, but that's another story. But, let me but the alert that they said was no spring breakers should go to Mexico because they'll be shot. But let me give you some numbers, which also, also probably put the things into perspective. Again, we are growing at a 12% annual growth rate of American visitors to Mexico the, during the last six years. The number of Mexicans traveling to the U.S. has been reduced. And not only the, the, we, the number we, of Mexicans, but well, also many foreigners traveling the to the numbers, U.S. I don't know if you've seen the most recent numbers, are down between 7 and 9%, yeah. which, is, which is huge. So I think that probably some of those messages do not always make sense. And, yeah. and at the end of the day, also many Mexicans traveling to the U.S. is good business for Americans. Close to 20 b- million Mexicans go to the United States every year. And according to the uh, Department of, of Trade, of Commerce, we spend close to $20 billion in the U.S. So right. it's good business for both countries. Muchos pesos. Muchos pesos, muchos <laughs> dólares. <laughs> but here's the thing. We had a situation. You're, you're so much on the radar in terms of the worst four-letter word that starts with F, which is fear, that you have a, you have a family in a tragic death situation in a condo uh, which had nothing to do with terrorism. It had nothing to do with, with criminal behavior. It was, was negligent on the part of the owner of, the, of that apartment. They died because of a natural gas leak. That could have happened in Des Moines, Iowa. And it's an accident. I mean, and that's an accident. And it could happen. Again, I think that sometimes they apply a different standard to us. But we're working on that. And we're also working, for example, we recently went to the U.S. We went to Los Angeles, to New York, to Chicago. 
to reach also the Mexican-American community. Which is huge. 35 million Mexican-Americans live in the United States. Are you telling me we let you in? Absolutely, and you will let us out also. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the way it should be. And, and, and what we're doing, we're inviting also that segment of the American market to right. come into Mexico with this program that we called Let's All Travel Through Mexico. Viajemos Todos por México. That was a program that was launched two years ago in Mexico, especially for Mexicans traveling to Mexico. To come back home. But now we're doing that yeah. also with American uh, Mexican-American community. We're working on our security, we're working on our destinations, and we're willing for more Americans to continue to fly down into Mexico. I recently came back from Tijuana, where I didn't see a wall, I saw a bridge. And how many people are now using that bridge to go across the border, Americans, to go across the border and fly out of the Tijuana airport, which most people don't realize you can get anywhere from there. You can even fly to China from the Tijuana airport and save a lot of money in the process. It's an amazing success. That is, that the, is, the Mexicans are happy. The, the San Diegans are happy. Americans are happy. It's amazing because you, as an American in the South San Diego, you can document your lo your luggage and the tickets. You cross a bridge, and you're in Mexican and by soil. The, way, the bridge, I think, is 900 feet. And it's marvelous. It's beautiful. It's you're it's, in the airport. It's modern. It's very nice. I think it's. I, I do not know of other places where you really have an international airport at uh, serving both countries at the same time. It's amazing. Well, one of the big surprises is there, it's your airline called Volaris because their business model was really built for Mexicans. It wasn't built for Americans, but the smart Americans are taking advantage correct, of it. Correct, correct. They built the Mexican model to basically compete against bus fares. Mm. So you can fly Guadalajara to New York for 63 bucks. So why wouldn't you cross the bridge? I mean, I'm not on the plane for the rich Corinthian leather. I'm not on the plane for the wine list. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great value now. And this is also happening because I understand that the airport in Tijuana, I mean, in San Diego can also not grow anymore. It's limited. Oh, no, no, no. When you take off in the airport, listen, it's this, I don't know if you know this, Mr. Secretary, but the approach to San Diego Airport is the steepest approach of any airport in the United States. Okay. You're flying over Balboa Park, and if you look out the left side of the window, you can actually see what the people are eating for lunch in their hotel room. <laughs> they have no more room to grow. Okay. How they're even able to accommodate the plane sizes that they're flying is amazing to me. But you're right. They, they, they don't have capacity. And so that is why, as you said before, we do not believe in walls. We believe in bridges. We believe that we're neighbors. We believe that both countries have different uh, development status, but we're trying to do our best to become a better country a country that is especially where people live better. And that's our struggle. And, for example, after we signed a free trade agreement with the U.S., I think that both countries are better off, irrespective of what some politicians say. We're better off. Who would those politicians be? Well, you know who they are. <laughs> you know who they are. And this, this is just rhetoric, yeah. because it's not the truth. The truth is that... The numbers speak louder. Well, yes, and that trade helps people. What I also understand, this is mainly focus, and we are sensitive to, to that, to some people that have not really benefited from globalization. And that is also true. And we in the world all have to do our best to be more inclusive about everyone. We cannot just leave people behind. And those are the people that think that someone can take them back to the past, that they can give security back to them, and that is a political offer they're making, which is un totally untrue. It is, not, it is not something that cannot be done. You know, you're in the midst of a political election here in Mexico, and I was amazed the other day to see what can get all the candidates together in one room. And your president did it. He got every candidate who probably disagrees on everything to come into the room and agree on one thing, the wall. Yeah, we don't, we, we are a very, as, as everyone, we're a very nationalistic country. And we believe that we're doing our best to become a better place to be, so a better place for everyone. And of course, we totally disagree with all those type uh, stereotypes that are trying to put on Mexicans, which is not, it's totally untrue. And by the way, that Mexicans that go to the U.S. usually, usually are the most proactive, uh, the people that are risk takers, and they do pretty well in the United States, and there are people that are law-abiding. So it is totally untrue what they say about them, and we as a country also have to defend the right to try to look for them for themselves. But we believe, again, in bridges. We do not believe in walls. We know that at the end of the day, we're better off if we work together as a region. We can be the most competitive region in the world. For whom? For a population, for Americans, Canadians, and Mexicans. And let's face it, if you look at the geography of it, it's one landmass. I mean, who are you kidding? It's amazing. Sometimes you can just have a, a legal border, but we have energy resources that are common. Uh, the population on the south states of the United States and the north of Mexico is close to 90 million people. If it were a country, it would be one of the, the largest countries in the world and also the richest. And the people in the border are very much uh, seeing themselves as a common population. So again, we will continue to struggle to strengthen our relationships and to have good, goodwill on both sides of the border. Now, speaking of those population numbers, what you live and die by is airlift, right? 
Absolutely. That's, that's part of your it mandate. It is. It is. And how are you going to get more airlift? So, for example, we're in Mazatlan right now. You need better airlift here. No Absolutely. doubt about it. Absolutely. They're flying little baby planes in here. And they're all full, but there's demand. Well, we had this bilateral agreement that we signed uh, with the American open administration. Skies open skies? Or, it, we or, already had it. We yeah. signed it in, uh, in August of last year. Yeah. In, in, in the previous to that, you could only have two American flights and two Mexican flights, for example, flying from Los Angeles to Mazatlan. Now that is open. Now that is free. And the amount of flights growing on both sides of the border is amazing. Again, that is what we need. We, we need more flights, and we need also better infrastructure. But you're right. I mean, 80% of the income that we receive from foreigners are from those that travel by flight. So for us, connectivity and airlines are basic. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. My next guests are U.S. expats, and they're from New Jersey. Am I right? Jersey, yeah. Yeah. But we don't say Jersey in Jersey. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Lloyd <laughs> and Nancy Goldstein. And explain Mazatlan, My City. Mazatlan, My City was a, or is a website that was started in March of 2012 by a gentleman called Simon Linz. We are the administrators slash partners in all of this and uh it's all about Mazatlan and what's going on and so basically the people. You're, you're doing a, a website full of information about what's going on here that's Absolutely. correct it's an online okay but now i gotta ask the question sure what brought you here you've been here about four years that's correct from new jersey from new jersey thank you thank you very well <laughs> i should wait you're from new jersey i'll speak more slowly no no okay. oh, no, oh, okay. no right. we're fast okay but what brought you here well what brought us here uh Go ahead, Nancy. Well, Lloyd's an avid bass fisherman, and he Googled one time the best bass lakes in the world, and Lake El Salto came up, which is about an hour and 15 minutes from here. Now, you see, when I think about fishing in Mexico, I'm thinking saltwater fishing and deep water. Well, yeah, most people do, but we're not into that. And it's phenomenal, the saltwater fishing, but the the bass lake. You're you're a lake guy. Yeah, the bass lake here in El Salto and Picachos, which is another one 45 minutes from here, uh, first-class uh, fishing for largemouth bass. Okay, so now here's my stupid question, because I'm an East Coaster. I'm a New Yorker. And when, yeah, of course. And when I go fishing, if I'm going to work that hard for the fish, I'm eating the fish. Are you a mm-hmm. catch or release guy? Um, uh, for bass, absolutely. Uh, I'm not Alex. talking to you. <laughs> he takes a picture, gives it a kiss, and throws it back in the water. And you say, what's for dinner? Exactly. <laughs> not pasta. <laughs> so you came down for the fishing and stayed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We. What keeps you here? people the people for sure okay now i've got to ask you this as u.s expats Mm -hmm. right before i came down here Mm -hmm. people say where are you going i go mazel and they go oh be careful we'll be (gasps) safe it makes me crazy happens to you too right well oh yes i still have two sisters that haven't come because they're afraid sad they're afraid and what's to be afraid about nothing there's (laughs) absolutely nothing to be afraid about it's it's uh, i just wish they could come and see how beautiful how safe how kind and hardworking and gentle and welcoming the people of Mazatlan are. You know, I said, I talked about this earlier in the show, and that is, you know, the U.S. State Department advisories are, I'm sorry, misleading and misguiding. Um, And to put Mazatlan and the state of Sinaloa in the same category as Syria is a little pathetic. But even, look, before I came down here today, oh, you're going down there? Oh, be careful. It's It's so sad. Are you kidding? Well, I'm, I'm more worried about New Jersey. Yeah, you yeah, should be. You so since you've been here four years, mm-hmm. I'm assuming you're, you're still fishing. I am indeed. All right, so you know where to take me fishing. That part I Absolutely. got. Absolutely. Although when you're not looking, I'm stealing the bass. And ah, <laughs> ah, taking it home to eat. Yeah, okay. Can you or no? Uh, Come on. You, you, you could. You could. Uh, I would much rather eat Dorado. <laughs> no, but if I wanted to have the bass, yes, I could. Yes, you, you probably could. You probably could. Uh, would it be illegal to do that? Uh, no. No? No. So I can actually, wait a minute, I can actually go fishing with you, catch a fish like I would do in New York, mm-hmm. and eat that fish. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just want to, I know, you're doing pasta, I know. <laughs> but let's get away from the lake for a second, because Mazatlan is a lot more than that, oh, absolutely. right? Let's talk about the city itself. What's the biggest surprise when your friends get bold enough to actually come down to see you mm-hmm. that they're not expecting when they get here? I think the beauty of the city, and again, it's got to be the people. They're just so welcoming and so 
um, very open to the American Canadian population. And I think it's the culture. I think you have the Angela Peralta Theater, and I think you have uh, so many artists and so many music. music and art. And I think the culture. Well, let's here. talk about the theater because that's an amazing restoration. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. I mean, I, I saw it the last time. It was amazing what they did, and it's and got such gorgeous. it's got such great history. Yep. Yes, uh, the the theater went through many of many issues. Uh, the lady who, who it's named after never actually got to sing in the theater because she died before she actually sang in the theater, which is kind of strange. But, but late at night when nobody's looking, she probably still singing. Yeah. 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 But it's not just classical music, though. It's all types of... Um, all types of music, ballet, ballet dance. The, the culture is just it's amazing, amazing here. here. And uh, I'll make a joke, which is not really funny, but someone asked me, someone ignorant asked me a long time ago when I was first going to come here, do they wear shoes? And I Would said, that be an American? When I go, yes. Would that be, do they wear American shoes? American and ignorant sort of like go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, do sometimes. they wear shoes? I said, when we go to the ballet, we wear shoes. Yes, we wear shoes. Oh, my <laughs> no. gosh. Isn't that awful perception? But you know what? Let's go back to perceptions for a second. Mm-hmm. Most of my friends, who I like to think are educated, mm-hmm. intelligent, mm-hmm. worldly, they still think of Mexico as a guy with a sombrero Oy. on a dusty street Oy. eating a tortilla. It's killing Period. Me. Right? The art here. It, uh, uh, they promote the arts, all the arts. Lloyd's an artist here. There's galleries. There's the art walk on Friday during the season. Once a month on a Friday night from 4 to 8, there's 22 to 24 oh, galleries yeah. to walk through. All kinds of art. Um, photographs, paintings, jewelry, sculpture. Just fabulous. Fabulous. And that's really exploded in the last couple of years. Absolutely. And the food scene. The food scene <laughs> is awesome. There, You have everything <laughs> from street vendors to... High-end high restaurants that you'd find in New York City Absolutely. and any Got major rivals. city in, in the United States. Okay, so now I have to ask the obvious question because you guys are the expats. Cost. Oh. <laughs> Cost is probably a third of really? what you would pay in the States for food. So let me see if I get this straight. Mm-hmm. You came down here to Bass Fish. Mm-hmm. The next thing you know, you took one look at this place and said, okay, mm-hmm. we're leaving New Jersey. Mm-hmm. We're going to Mazatlan. Mm-hmm. Did you sell your house? We literally sold our home, every single thing in it, which is a very heady move, but we did and who it. who was the hoarder? We took the who cat was the and the hoarder? dog. No, no hoarding. Me. Okay, yeah, you were. Okay, me. fine. Yeah. Took the cat and the dog and four suitcases of clothes and shoes and moved to Mazatlan, Mexico and never looked back without a minute of regret. And all your friends think you're nuts. Oh, well, they do. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> They do, they but we it's think it's their loss. You know, it's not. It's I there. have buddies who I fished with because we used to live on a lake in New Jersey. Uh, so I have buddies who still haven't come to you know experience. And I said, we have an extra bedroom. All you would need to do is get yeah. down here, yeah. and it, you, don't you know. Uh, I don't get it. But have any of your friends come down like you came down and go, oh, my God, I have been missing this, and have they made the decision to move here yet? Not yet. We have a few We have a few new people that are that started at two months. Now they're up to four months. Next year they're doing six months. And, and then I pretty think soon you can't happen. get rid of them. No, I, yeah. think <laughs> I just think that might happen where they might make a permanent change. Mm-hmm. What's the biggest thing that surprised you about Mazatlan? I, I, for me it was how welcoming the people are. I, you know, again, this was our first foray into Mexico. So I'm going. Well, are the the people gonna so, wait, accept Ma- us? So Mazatlan was the first place you've ever gone in Mexico. Yes. Wow. And yes. Just like that, you said we're staying. But yeah. since we've been to other parts of Mexico, we still feel we've traveled within the country, and we still feel this is the absolute best. We both love the water. We love the ocean. Mm-hmm. And uh, that matters a lot. And for me, it was uh, mostly the people. But I have to say, the uh, the weather was a great surprise because summer can be a little warm. <laughs> summer can be a little uncomfortably warm. But but you're here. But we're here, and but you use here. the air, and you get used to it. And while my sister was shoveling snow in New Jersey and cursing all winter, I'm like, well, I'm going to jump in the ocean now. <laughs> and she kind of told me go jump in the lake. But yeah. Well, you could go jump in the lake, <laughs> but you'd be eaten by a giant bass. That's right. <laughs> but the point is. You're not having the weather extremes that you right. had back oh, in New no. Jersey. It's, we'll never shovel snow again. We'll the never... only ice I ever want to see ever again is in my drink. <laughs> okay, now, we'll get to that later. <laughs> do you have a car? Yes, we do. Okay, so that's that, but you got that here. Well, we didn't have it for the first, uh, the first two years that we went back and forth for six months. We didn't have one, and we didn't miss it. The bus system here is incredible. We shipped our car but from New Jersey. Because he wouldn't drive. To Phoenix and then drove from Phoenix down to when Los we made Island. it permanent, right? Yep. And they let you in. Yes, and they let they us did. in. Mexican plates now. Uh, any day now. Any day now. <laughs> yeah. We just got our permanente. 
What would you like to see changed here? The perception, again, it's the perception of the, um, I want more, I want my, I want the people in the United States to understand how beautiful these people are and how beautiful the city is and how cultured. It's just a shame. There are things here that are not perfect, uh, but that is found anywhere you, you travel. Uh, you know, so you put up with or you get used to the differences uh, culturally, uh, whatever that you would find in the States that you would find here. It, you just have to slow down because the people are not in a rush yeah. uh, and just go with the flow. And what's and, wrong with that? Well, and for what's me, wrong with I that? think the biggest example for me was I was an outside sales representative on the road all my life, and uh, time was of the essence. I mean, if I was going to be five minutes late for a call, I have for an appointment, I would make sure I had to make a call here because, and it doesn't matter, we're all retired, but here it's a much slower pace, and I was used to that New York, fast, <laughs> furious, and here it's just so relaxed and happy and calm. <laughs> we're talking with Lloyd and Nancy Goldstein of uh, MazatlanMyCity.com, but I'm always arguing that people don't change their lifestyle when they change their location. You did. Oh, yes. Oh, gosh, yes. It, it kind of forces you to because again the factor of being on that treadmill in New York and New Jersey versus here where there's there's none of that so the stress level automatically decreases and being retired it's something where you now have time to pursue your other activities and enjoy your life if you are continuing on to another Southwest destination, please make sure that you check the monitors inside the terminal for your proper gate and flight information. If you are continuing on with another airline, we really don't care. I am a passenger. My next guest, I always like to talk to the locals, especially if they're expats, because they know everything. And not only that, they're living here for a reason. My next guest is the owner and publisher of Mazatlan Life. Her name is Sheila Madsen. How are you, Sheila? I'm very well. How are you? Now, you're not a U.S. girl. You're a Canadian girl. Yeah, I'm Canadian. I didn't yes. So say the word about. I, we don't really say that. Yes, you do. Yeah, about. <laughs> there it is. Yes. Okay. There you go. How long have you been in Mazatlan? Nine years. And what brought you down here? Climate culture change. Toronto is a very, very cold city. And, so you were a uh, snowbird? Yeah. No. No, no, no. No? No. Came here full on. Moved here. But you first came down in the winter? Yeah. Well, then you were a snowbird when you came down. Well, I was already retired. Sorry. Oh, fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How has it changed? Ah, it's way better. I mean, we came at, how, how was Mazatlan changed? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, we came in 08, and that was not a good time. Uh, well, that was, not I mean, a t that was not a good time worldwide. No, no. And the SARS flu, and ah. Uh, it's really, really improved. The restaurants are better. Every, everybody's, I would say everybody's feeling really positive, really I mean, positive. I mean, I first came to Mazatlan, I, should, I shouldn't date myself, but I will, 1973. I drove the first Baja Highway from California, get down to La Paz, and then took the overnight ferry. Wow. And came across. It was wild. So it's changed since 1973. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, when I drove down the highway, I mean, you didn't drive at night. Ever, uh, because people were drunk. They never, they hadn't experienced that highway before. Uh -huh. It was brand new, and there weren't, there was no infrastructure. The resorts hadn't really been built. I mean, there were a couple of small little hotels. And the Playa Mazatlan was probably around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you had the bullfighting ring. You still had that. Yeah, yeah. And the cool thing about that was they weren't killing the bull. We loved that. Uh, but the overnight ferry was was the most incredible thing because people would be up on the deck playing guitars and singing, and I mean, it was just a very local experience, which I loved. Yeah. And it still is. It is, but it's a brand new ferry, I understand. I, oh, listen, yes. I saw it the other day. Yeah, yeah it is yeah, brand new. Yeah. They, and they needed it. I guess, yeah. Yeah. So what keeps you down here? Well, this really is our home. I mean, it's, um, it's a combination of the climate, the people. They're so friendly. And um, the, probably the big surprise coming from a Canadian is a superb health care. I mean, we have access to some of the best doctors and dentists. And, and yet the argument would be that Canada's got great health care. That's a, not true. <laughs> you're doing better here. Oh, way better. Yeah, you do, you do pay for it. But you, in Canada, you pay through your taxes as well. Well, listen, there's a small community on the, on the other side of the border of Yuma, Arizona, called Los Algodones. And Every year from, let's say, November to March, 15,000 Americans walk, drive their car to the border and walk across a bridge into Los Algodones because it's called the town of dentists. And these are Americans who are either underinsured or uninsured. And 
they get great dental care, and it's done in one day. You don't have to wait for the lab to get back to you three weeks later. It's all there. Well, here you own your medical history. You're not dependent on your, your doctor. I mean, you can go and get your own blood tests. You can get anything done. And you can see a specialist within two or three days. That's not bad. Are you kidding? In Canada, sometimes it's six months. Still. Oh, yeah. Everything you... Anyway, it's better here. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's talk about, you know, your publication. Yeah. Because you're not supported by tourism. No. You take no advertising. No. It's supported by you. Yes. How do you do it? I put a, invest a little money and time and love and passion, and uh, we were pretty young to retire, and it was really, really needed here. There's nothing, there was nothing online. There was no calendar. There's so much art and live music, as you probably know. You, oh, yeah. You've experienced it, you, and you've probably been to the theater. And oh, yeah. All that well, the Restore Theater is amazing. Yeah, in yeah. Alperalta. So, I mean, so I sort of wrapped my arms around it all and really consolidated so people can see what's going on until June, July, August, until next Carnival. I know, and the thing is, there's so much happening here that never was happening before. And it happens sometimes three days before. I yeah. mean, uh, that's the thing. It's a very spontaneous culture, as you know. It's last minute. And uh, we've got a lot of stars here, opera singers that come home, and then suddenly there's a concert. So a lot of goes on Mazatlan life. And that's one of the reasons why you stay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just all year. I mean, it's not just seasonal anymore. Uh... There, there is a, the summer's pretty low, but it's there's stuff going on. That's true, that's true, in the theater. Right, but the theaters. When I was down here, the theater was closed, but it was just closed for a day or two. Then it comes back open yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. And, and that theater is a great restoration story. Beautiful. I mean, when you walk inside, it's like whoa. Yeah, it's it's just one of the best acoustically, too. And naturally acoustic. Yes. I know. Yes, it's great. And they fixed up the Malacong. Well, that you know why that is. No, tell me why. <laughs> it's because of the big Tiangas. Aren't you, are you going to be part of the Tiangas? Oh, you're talking about the big tourism convention. Yeah, the big tourism. Yes, but they, look, they needed an excuse to do it, but the, the good news is they did it. Yeah, and everybody got together. Federal, state, city, it's, it's really, really beautiful. Yeah, I, I rode my bike down there. It was great. Yeah. And, and even when, before they finished all the putting in all the cobblestones and stuff, I got through. Yeah. And yet you have great cobblestone streets, too, I mean, on the side streets. Yes, they, they, those they, are all new. Yeah. Everything was done last summer. Amazing. So now that I can call you a local, I can after nine years. Yeah, the reason I hesitated is I'm not fluent yet in you Spanish. Well, you don't have to be fluent in Spanish in <laughs> yeah. Mazatlan. People do speak English here. Oh, well, they do. They do. But I'm a little embarrassed that I'm not fluent yet. Okay, follow me. Ready? Donde esta el baño? You got that one, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. good. Just double check. <laughs> but now that you've been here nine years, right, you're coming up on your 10th, mm -hmm. the restaurant scene has changed dramatically. I mean, we're Huge. talking world-class gastronomic Huge. experience. That's been one of the biggest changes. Okay. I'm going to ask you basically, where are you going to go for breakfast? Where are you taking me for breakfast? Oh, your team asked me this. Um, you know, I live in Central. You know that you yeah. know the different areas. I Mazda. do. I do. And within 20 minutes, I did. A, I've got, I call it the Central Food Loop. There are 50 restaurants within 20 minutes in Central alone. So I would have to ask by asking you, what do you feel like for breakfast? What kind of atmosphere do you want? Do you want to be in the beach? Do you want to be in a courtyard? Do you want to be in the hustle and bustle? I mean, where would you like to be? Ah, but I have to ask you a question in return. Where do you want to go, Sheila? I go where they have the best cappuccino. Now we're talking. Okay, where do they have the best cappuccino? <laughs> I would have to say Hector's Bistro has one. I know Hector. Yeah. yeah and we, we, we actually did a show with Hector. Yeah, he's great. We've done um, cooking shows with him. He's on yeah. the site, yeah. Um, and the nice thing about Hector, he's actually there. Yes, he I mean, is. I mean, you know, it's not one of those star chefs who, like, shows up once a year for a publicity photo. He's in the kitchen. No, he's there. Yeah, they've got the best coffee. Okay, so they got the best yeah, coffee. Yeah, okay, so I'd go there for coffee. Okay, and what would you order for breakfast? I love the way he does eggs. I think he uses a pound of butter for eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so you need a large spatula to leave the restaurant. <laughs> and, you know, it's a bakery, so... Oh, I know. Yeah, so there's lots of choices there. So basically, you're hanging there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then for lunch? For lunch, I would go... Uh, to the square, to the Plazuela Machado. Now there are lots of places on the square. I know. I'm trouble. That's the thing. I'm. I'm. I'm having trouble. Uh, one of my favorites is Gaia. Do you um, Gaia Bistro? Because. Because uh, it's international. It's open every day, and the chef there is amazing. And so, he's there. He's there all and the time. And what are we ordering for lunch? Do you want risotto? Do you want shrimp? Do you want fish? So steak? It's all salads. It's all international. It's all international. Yeah. Now, dinner's the tough one because there's atmosphere and then there's food. Give That's me right. give, give me both. Where are we going? Oh. Sheila, work with me. Come I on. know I can't I, I should take you to the beach, but I can't um, ah. We should go to the Holiday Inn, the 15th floor, 
for a drink. The Holiday Inn. Yeah. Have you been there yet? Come on, tell me more. No, have you been? I have not been to the Holiday Inn. Yeah. Uh, not here. Yeah. No, but the, the Holiday Inn has got a new 15th floor bar. It's gorgeous. So, okay, we start there. We start there. We watch the sunset. Okay, then? Then I may take you. Well, you're paying, right? Have I got oh, it's on me. Oh, it's all great. That's okay, great. Good. Then yeah. the sky's the limit. Then okay. we go to Agatha's. Because? Because, again, it's international food. It's owned by, um, they, own, they also own the restaurant beside it, Vittorio. It's Italian, but Agatha's is international. Different food, different, great chef, Miguel. And then I'd bring you back to Central, maybe to Life in Espanol. Have you been to Life in Espanol in the Golden Zone? I have not. It's real, there's, they've got a smaller one in Central. Yep. And then I'd take you back to the square for another drink. Dance so basically night. we're drinking. We're drinking a lot, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these Canadians. I don't know. No, wine. Just a little bit of wine. Of course. Of course. Yes, 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 yes. But the thing about Mazatlan, which you haven't mentioned yet, is seafood. You know, it's a given. I eat shrimp. I, I eat shrimp all the time and fish. Now, you know what I love? You're going to laugh. But I, I, I discovered it actually in Mexico City. Almejas Chocolatas, the chocolate clams. Do you know about that? No idea. There's something I just told you about. Okay, Miss yes. International. Oh, no, 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 but I, you probably know way, you travel way more than I do, and you probably know lots more about food than I do. No, I don't. Yeah, no, I, I just like it. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, they're not chocolate clams. They're just chocolate-colored clams. They're the brown clams that they do with garlic and, 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 oh, my God, just a little spicy, and it's great. So are you into eating ants and stuff like that when you go to Mexico City? Uh, no, I'm not. No. Are you? I've tr I took one for the team. You, you, I think you interviewed Diego from uh, Casa I, Garcia. I did, yeah. Yeah, he gave me some. Ant. I took one for the team. I won't be doing that again. No. And now, have, had you not known it was an ant? Uh, no, I. You, you'd know it's an ant. You know it's an ant. Yeah, how how do you know? Come on, because I got little things all. Over time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're not going to eat the ants. No. No. Uh, okay. No. But the cool thing is. You, anywhere you go, for, you know, it's Morisco City here, right? It's 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 seafood. Yeah. And it's all day boat stuff. Yeah. It's all fresh. It's all fish. It's lovely. Riding along in my automobile, my baby beside me at the wheel, cruising and playing the radio, with no particular place to go. Now, speaking of me coming since 1973, my next guest is a UK expat who's been living here for what 13 years now. Simon Linz, who, you know, you were, you were in the media business in, in, in the U.K., and then you decided to come here and, and start something like that. But what really attracted me to talk to you today is because you're living my dream life because you went out and got yourself a baseball team. Uh, well, um, I'm working with a baseball team, absolutely. Well, that's what uh, I'm saying. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is it. This is Bull Durham south of the border. Well, um, I have to say, I mean, a sports person all my life played soccer, um, and have been an active member of, you know, in, in terms of sport. And when I got the chance to work with a baseball team, even though... What did you know about baseball? Not much. Not <laughs> really much. Um, I know a little bit about softball, but not too much about baseball. Well, I'm still softball learning. rules are about the same as baseball rules, more or less. Well, I th are they a little bit more technical, though? Aren't they a bit more complicated? Well, it's the same principle, you know. Same principle. Hit the bat. I, I used to play a little bit of softball when I was in England. We played uh, in Regent's Park, so I did a bit of that. But, yes, to be honest with you, I'm no expert, but and I the, love... The does the team have a name? It's called the Bernados. They're um, V-E-N-A-D-O-S, and they've been around since the 40s, and in, they moved into their stadium in 1962 in Muslan, and then they are right in the process now of remodeling that state, stadium to make it a state-of-the-art, you know, 21st century um, facilities, and that's going to be ready for the inaugural game on 11th of October. So they start their season when we're finishing ours. That's exactly right. And, some, and of course, you have some of the players that come, come from the States okay. to play here, professional uh, players from... So they stay active until the regular season right, starts exactly, back Exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. So they can stay in their season, yeah. Now, do you now understand baseball? I'm getting there. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting there. I, I'm, I'm in love with the Bernardos. The Bernardos are kind of really much a part of the DNA of... of do they have Maslin. a cheer? Is there a special cheer for them? Well, there are different kinds of cheers, actually. They're, they're, you know, different kind of rally cries, and, uh, and I... But they're, really, but they're a professional team. Oh, they're a professional team, actually. They play in the, the Mexican League, and then... So how the season starts October 11th and goes till... End of December. That's a short, short season. season. And, then it, and then it's playoffs. So what they do is they all compete to get into the Latin American equivalent of the World Series called the Caribe, and that's the most prestigious tournament. And if you've... 
if you win that, then you are effectively the the champions of Latin America. So in a given season, not counting playoffs or the World Series, how many games are we talking about? 34. 34 home games, so that would be 68. So that's basically one-third, about one-third of the games that, that a major league team plays right, in the States. there you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you, do you have a star? Uh, I think there's quite a few stars. Um, <laughs> so, um, And this new season, um, although I'm not in a real position to talk about it quite yet, but this season they're signing up some new players, so pretty confident we're going to do well. But their payroll is nowhere near. No. No, absolutely not. Right. Now, are these games televised? Yes. Yeah, they are televised, yeah. So Mazatlan is a baseball capital. Yes, exactly, and uh, you know, and as I said, it's this this new stadium is is being increased from where well, it's, it's the remodeled stadium will go from nine thousand approximately to fifteen thousand capacity, and so um, it's going to be really exciting. I got to ask a stupid question: how's, this, <laughs> how's the stadium food? It's it's kind of like you would get in the states, but much much cheaper. <laughs> Anything is <laughs> cheaper than stadium food in the states. And the beer, I would I would I would argue it's better actually, because it's more varied. But um, food's good. And as I say, in the new stadium, there's going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be a restaurant. Um, there's actually going to, you know, and lots of food concessions. So pretty cool stuff. Cool. Yeah. So if you don't understand the game, at least you'll eat well. And have a few beers. Probably some Pacificos. Pacifico, Corona, that kind of stuff, yeah. And, well, it's, and it's an amazing atmosphere, actually. Uh, it's a real family-driven party atmosphere so so the kids are drinking beer too no okay, not quite okay, no no that's no. not what i meant but okay. it's it's very much um you know it's very much driven by families going and enjoying it and it's it's kind of going back to your safety uh, you know when you when you introduce the show these guys all go in an amazing environment a family environment just enjoy the game and whether or not the team wins it's still huge hugely fun it's it's just wonderful and it's a nine inning game and it's a nine inning game yeah so it, it, it occasionally goes to one or thirty in the morning because sometimes they don't actually start the games till eight o'clock at night and they just keep going and they just keep going yeah and the mexicans love it <laughs> well speaking of loving mexico what brought you here originally uh i worked in media um actually we had our offices in london and new york and um we um i you know i needed a holiday and a friend of mine, a then friend of mine, said to me, you should try Mazatlan. It's a wonderful, Did you even know place. where it was? I had no idea. Didn't even, not, not a clue. I mean, I had to be educated in the fact that it was in Mexico to begin with. So, no, not, not, not a clue. You're starting to talk like an American. Yes, yeah. yes, well, there we are then. But, um, but uh, I've been, you know, I've travelled across most of the United States, all of Europe. Um, and so I was tempted by this new experience. And so I came to Mazatlan. It was a relatively easy journey. Uh, from London, and um, and I was just, it, was j- it just, um, I just fell in love with it, um, and it was the people actually that I fell in love with. I just, just think they're so warm and generous and friendly, and you know, um, and their humour, their sense of humour is very much like the English. It's quite, it's quite dark. Hello and welcome to Alaska Flight 438. We'd like to tell you now about some important safety features of this aircraft. The most important safety feature we have aboard this plane is the flight attendants. Please look at one now. Audible.com has more than 150,000 titles and virtually every genre. So check it out for yourself. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. You heard me in the opening of the show talk about my issue with the United States State Department issuing their State Department advisories and the new system that goes into four levels for every country in the world, all 196 of them, and done under four tiers, right? Tier one, travel with normal caution. I have no idea what that means. Travel level number two, travel with increased caution. I still don't know what that means. Level three is reconsider travel. And then level four, which is the most scary, because most people think it's a rule or a law or a regulation, is do not travel. And there are a number of states in Mexico 
that are still listed under that Category 4 by the Department of State under this new system of State Department advisories. And Sinaloa is one of those states. What's crazy about it is we're painting with such a broad brush, it's like putting Mazatlan in the same category as Syria. It makes no sense. We're coming to you today from Mazatlan. It's my third visit in less than a year. I don't feel unsafe. I don't feel threatened. I don't feel in any danger. And uh, and joining me now to talk about this is uh, His Excellency the Governor of Sinaloa, Cardinal uh, Adaz Kapu. Uh, Governor, welcome to the show. And, of course, my good Thank friend uh, Jerry Tanaka is going to do uh, some, some translation. So, Jerry, I'm going to ask the governor, you know, the worst four-letter word that starts with F is fear. What I'm trying to say is when you're based on fear, when your decisions are based on fear, you don't go anywhere. Cuando las decisiones están basadas en el miedo, uno no puede llegar a ningún lugar. And so many of the people that I know in America, my fellow Americans are saying to me when I tell them I'm coming to Mazatlan, oh, be careful, be safe, why are you going? Y sus amigos cuando le preguntan, cuando él les comenta que va a ir a Mazatlán, sus amigos le preguntan, ¿por qué vas? ¿Por qué vas a Mazatlán? And I think they're crazy because I don't have a problem here. I've been coming since 1973. Every city has some form of street crime. I live in a city that has a lot of street crime. It's called New York. It doesn't stop me from going to New York. And I don't look at Mazatlán as having a lot of street crime. I don't understand what the problem is other than the United States painting all of Mexico in many cases with a very broad brush. Y él no entiende cuando sus amigos tienen miedo de que él venga a Mazatlán porque le dicen que puede ser peligroso. Sin embargo, no lo entiende porque él vive en una ciudad como Nueva York que tiene mucho crimen en las calles y esto no está en Mazatlán. Esto él no ve nada de crimen en Mazatlán en las calles. So, Governor, you were born here. You're from Mazatlán. Yes, I'm from Mazatlán. Yes. So, what changes have you seen? And what message do you want to give my audience about Mazatlán? ¿Qué cambios ha visto en Mazatlán? ¿Y qué mensajes quisiera darle a la audiencia acerca de Mazatlán? Que Mazatlán está precioso. Mazatlán is beautiful. Mazatlán es un lugar pacífico. Mazatlán se vive extraordinariamente bien. La, la vida es tranquila. La gente de aquí puede andar de un lado para otro, pasea con sus hijos, pasea con familias. Puede disfrutar una buena pesca, puede dis disfrutar ir a jugar golf, puede disfrutar ir a ver el béisbol. Realmente es un privilegio vivir en Mazatlán. Mazatlán is a beautiful city. It's tranquil, relaxing, and families can go together and just walk downtown in Mazatlán or go fishing or play golf. And it's a beautiful place to be. And yet, so many people, and I remember a situation where we had some cruise ships come in and a woman had, a, had her purse snatched. And the next thing you know, the cruise ship said they weren't coming back. Que lo que no entiende fue una situación cuando un crucero vino y a una mujer, solo a una mujer, le quitaron su bolsa por las calles. Y entonces el crucero dejó de venir. Bueno, es un absurdo. That's absurd. Es un absurdo. Realmente hay mucha seguridad para la gente que viene en los cruceros. Y además hemos reforzado todo eso, pero prueba de que Mazatlán ha generado y despertado mucha confianza, es que el año que entra ya nos confirmaron 121 arribos de cruceros. So, yeah, that's absurd, because actually there is a lot of security for tourists and for all the people, and also the people arriving to, in, like, in ships and in cruises. And actually, proof of that is that next year, Mazatlán just confirmed 121 arrivals of cruises for next year. What have you had to do to convince the cruise ships to come back. ¿Qué tuvo que hacer para convencer a los cruceros de que viniera? Ellos se dieron cuenta que el problema de la seguridad ya no existía, no era un problema, que lo que Mazatlán necesitaba era una una profunda transformación, renovación para del destino del producto para hacerlo más atractivo, y eso es lo que hemos hecho. Cambiar totalmente el centro histórico, eh, remodelar la Avenida del Mar, el Malecón, generar, crear áreas, espacios públicos como el Parque Ciudades Hermanas, Playa Norte, para darle más que hacer a la gente, no solo el sol y playa. Well, the people in the cruises realized that insecurity wasn't a problem anymore. And they realized that the issue was to renew Mazatlán, and that is what they have done with downtown, with all the restructure in downtown and 
different parks, they added parks, and also the, the renewal of the Malikon to make it beautiful. I should tell the governor that I was here not too long ago and got a bicycle and ran all the way up and down the Malikon, had a great time. Bicycle, uh, bicycle and walking. Yeah. It's, yes. Uh, it's a preference. It's the priority is the people. Yeah. Bicycle or during walking. bicycle during the day. Yes. Walking in la noche. Yes. Walking in the noche. Yeah. The centro the the downtown in the night is a uh, beautiful. It comes alive. Yes. It's it. The light. Uh, este, cada vez este, every time is more restaurants and more or most uh, more commerce and. More business. Si puede beber y si puede bailar. <laughs> si puede bailar y además es una maravilla como se come en Sinaloa. I'm going to translate food. myself. I said, if you can drink, you can dance. <laughs> and also it's amazing, like the food in Sinaloa. Yes, the food, is, the food is quite amazing. And that's the other stereotype that I think so many of my fellow Americans don't understand. Um, they think of Mexico as a tortilla or, a, or, or an enchilada. And it's so much more than that. Y realmente lo que no entiende cuando sus amigos piensan que en México lo que se come solo es tortilla o solo enchiladas y realmente la comida de México es mucho más que eso. Pues están equivocados porque realmente lo que les falta es venir más a México y que platiquen con la gente que viene a México, que regresa realmente muy contenta. And exactly as you said, they are wrong because what they need is to come to Mazatlan and come to Mexico and try the food and return. Okay, so here's my question for the governor. How do you get them to come if the state of Sinaloa is categorized as a level four? ¿Cómo los haría venir? ¿Qué les diría para que vengan cuando el estado está categorizado como un cuatro en travel advisory? Que realmente eh, hay una exageración, hay una, er, una percepción errónea, equivocada. Porque una cosa es, nos ha hecho daño el estigma de los, el nombre de los cárteles, pero esos cárteles están en otras partes. ¿no? First is the perception, the wrong perception that they have. Uh, something important is like people hear about the cartels, but those cartels are not here. Those are in another place, but not here in Sinaloa and not here in Mazatlán. We're talking to the governor of the state of Sinaloa, uh, Karina Ordaz Couple. Governor, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, I'll be back on my bicycle tomorrow on the Malacan. Hello? Uh, this is your captain speaking. There is absolutely no cause for alarm. Get your motor running. Head out on the highway. Looking for adventure. You know, I always like to talk to the locals. My next guest is totally local, born and raised here from Mazatlan. But even better, he's the director of the Cultural Center of Mazatlan. His name, and I'm going to pronounce it just the way he gave it to me, <laughs> Raul Rico. That's it. Did I do okay? Perfect. I'm going to do that all night. Raul Rico. Okay. For the man who knows who I am. No, <laughs> but for people who need to immerse themselves, and that means anybody who's an intelligent traveler in the place that they're visiting, your place is not a bad place to start. No, it is not. Tell me about the culture of Mazatlan. Culture of Mazatlan? Yeah. Well, Mazatlan has had a a vocation for art and culture since the, the foundation of the city. In the 19th century, this city was founded mainly by uh, American, British, Spanish people, German, a lot of Germans here. Because of the port. Because of the port and the mining activity. Yeah. And since then, Mexico started, uh, Mazatlan started to uh, have a lot of art, uh, fine arts and arts uh, activities. We had a, a symphony orchestra, theater, ballet. Well, I know about I'm the talking theater. about the yeah. 1900s, the early 1900s. Is there still a symphony orchestra? Yes, and a chamber orchestra. And we have a ballet company and a contemporary dance and singers, extraordinary singers. Even we have a alumni from our school that are, are singing in Philadelphia, in L.A., in New York, in Zurich, and in, all around the world. Homegrown. Homegrown. You know, you mentioned ballet. I grew up watching Ballet Folklorio, right? Oh, you're right. Of course. Of course. But, but your ballet is called what? It's Ballet Mazatlan, and it's a, it's a company composed by Mexican dancers and uh, many Cuban dancers, too. gold medalists in, in Europe and 
uh, extraordinary uh, performers. So Mazatlan, when you think about it, is not places where people come on the road. You're an incubator. It's actually starting here. Yes, I think this yes, this is an incubator, and that's why we have so much activity. You would not understand the, the growth of the historic district without the cultural activity, with the school, dancers, musicians, singers that perform there. And, well, they, we have uh, the house packed mostly by visitors, even, even local, but around 50% of the audience are American or Canadians or Europeans. So they've discovered it. They discovered it and they have, uh, they have made a group that is supporting the arts. And that's extraordinary for us. Well, I'll tell you what was extraordinary for me, and it was a surprise for me, quite frankly, is to see Mazatlan as a city that's actually in love with the arts. Yes, it is. And I think it's a factor that differentiates us from other uh, beach resorts. Many because you don't, you don't equ- exactly, yeah. you don't equate a beach resort with an art district. Yes. Not and necessarily. But not anywhere in Mexico. Most have a beautiful beach, sunsets, and very nice hotels. But we have the local life. It's a, a society that has lived here for a long time, and performers that act for our visitors. Is, is it safe to say that Mazatlan is an art-driven community? Yes. Absolutely. And yet when I first came here in 1973, I didn't see any of that. No, it, it, those it were wasn't the, early, there. the early years. We started uh, with that war since 1975. Story of my life. I missed it by two years. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, f- since the 1990s. It, then it's exploded. It, it's been, uh, yes, it's exploded. And the gallery scene here, I mean, not just the cultural center, but the gallery scene here, mm-hmm. you can walk the streets and see the galleries, and, and if you're like me, you end up buying something. <laughs> we have a, a, a group of galleries that are supported by the American and Canadians, too. So you can, the first Friday of every month, you can uh, move around and visit all the galleries. and Well, it's, a, it's like a social encounter, too. Alcohol is involved. Is it? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, well, come on. Well, not, not exactly, but if, if uh, some galleries serve alcohol, that's fine. I, I'm kidding you. It's the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest surprise? When people come to the center, for example, because uh-huh. you have a theater there, you have uh, exhibits, you have uh, lots of things going on. Mm-hmm. But what's the biggest surprise to them that they're not expecting to see? Well, I think if you go to downtown, to the historic district, you will find a, be- a beautiful place that was no there, uh, well, so clean, so beautiful, two years ago. It was completely remodeled. And the colors. The colors, colors are beautiful. All the all the, the factories are beautiful. Uh, there is a lot of uh, uh, there is a planning about the vegetation in the, in, in, in the area, and uh, the streets or uh, cobble cobble streets beautiful. And there's always something going on at your center, of course. Opera, and at the restaurants too, because we have yeah. a very good gastronomy too. So you can go to attend the theater and then go to a good restaurant in the Plazuela Machado or the streets near, nearby. So what you're telling me is it's one-stop shopping. It's a one-stop shopping. <laughs> I love it. You've been listening to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Catch us each week as we broadcast from a new location somewhere around the world. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. 
This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.